There are a few U.S. government stimulus packages that really avail a lot of funds to state and local agencies, education space. It's time for us to share what we know is available, how it can benefit schools and the general public, and more importantly, how public sector teams can get their hands on those funds. I'm James Hilliard. Welcome to Tech Experience. Let's get into it. Hey, folks, it is a pleasure for me to welcome Jeff Shabbat to our conversation here, Public Sector Segment Director with APC Schneider Electric, part of their federal sales team. 22 years, Jeff, with APC Schneider Electric. Um, we're talking American Rescue today. We're talking infrastructure plan. Is it fair to say that in terms of choices and in funding, more money than has ever been available to the public sector? I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot, and, and there's a lot of dollars, right? So, so first, under President Trump, the CARES Act was passed uh, a few years back, and, and what kind of funding there is, has been mostly allocated. So, this, we're going to focus on American Rescue Plan uh, that was passed under President Biden in, in March of last year, March of 2021, and then, then eventually we'll touch on the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that was just passed uh, this past November in, in November 20 uh, November 21. Um, look, so back to rescue plan, uh, $1.9 trillion in funding. They have about uh, five years to actually spend that money uh, going forward. It, it breaks down uh, literally in, in a state and local piece, you know, a K-12 piece, a higher ed piece. But there's also other uh, pieces of the bill where you see COVID funding, which we can get into later uh, in terms of vaccines, that type of stuff, where it's going to impact not just the federal government customer, but also the loud the, 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 the large, I should say, uh, co-location and, and service provider community as well. Well, let's let's break it down. Let's start uh, state and local. We'll we'll move on to K twelve. We'll, we'll hit some higher ed, and if there's an other uh, category, we can touch on that too. But in in terms of state and local, what's first and foremost kind of front of mind for folks when they're considering and thinking about the American Rescue Plan, how it impacts them. Yeah, so there was a, a, a massive uh, deduction in revenue that came into the state and local vertical with uh, when, when COVID started, right? Um, when everyone was locked in to their homes uh, and literally venturing out for the most part to buy groceries, which aren't taxed in a lot of cases, um, revenue immediately started driving, drying up. So you look at some of the projections from the federal government, uh, $105 million shortfall in, in 2020, a $290 million shortfall in 2021 and a $105 million shortfall in, in, uh, in 2022. You're looking at a, about a $500 million shortfall just in, in, in funding coming in, uh, typically done through sales taxes. When, when you look at a lot of sales tax impact these a lot, think of all the, uh, all the travel uh, that was stopped, all the, uh, all the events, concerts, sporting events, et cetera, um, that, that all had a good travel piece conferences, right? We didn't have business travel. IT folks weren't going to the big shows, right? Nobody was, right? Sporting, I mean, look at uh, hotels, right? That, that industry was was hurting very badly. There's a lot of state and local taxes built in anytime you ever itemize a hotel bill uh, for, for business. So you, you see a lot of those different taxes in there. So, um, so, so first, this American Rescue Plan, what it did was it put um, a, a lot of money, a real lot of money, $350 billion back into the state and local governments uh, to get them towards black. I didn't say not, not at black, but to help them rebound and get them towards black. Uh, the way they allocated some of the funding uh, in that formula was about 60 cents on every dollar went into the state government, 20 cents went into the municipality, 
in twenty cents went into the countywide government. Is there going to be? And again, that money, from my understanding, pretty much is allocated. It's been put there. Now teams have a time period to spend it. Is it this fiscal year, twenty twenty two? Is there some leeway on 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 some of the spending and where they can spend it on how far out? They have about four years to spend this money. So the money is out there, four years to spend it uh, within the state and local space, education. And for state and local, and then we'll get into some ed here, but for state and local, what are some of the top areas? Is it dictated where and what the money can be spent on? Or is that at discretion at the state, at the you know more local, at the county level? Mostly discretional. Um, there, there's some pieces, but a lot of it, again, is to bring these budgets uh, back to black. Yeah. And, and for those that are in the IT space, um, what are you hearing that a lot of folks are starting to lean to? Maybe you see some trends out there that they're leaning towards, okay, I've got this and this is what I anticipate utilizing these dollars for. Yeah, you, you see a lot of modernization. Right? Just the pandemic has, has changed everything right? Um, within the state and local governments. And, and looking at uh, equipment purchases, services that they have put off for a couple of years, they're, they're allocating funds to replace systems, uh, making better, more efficient IT systems, uh, placing bets in, in, in the cloud, looking at, uh, for example, there was there was $2 billion for unemployment modernization. What, what you're not seeing is state unemployment offices start setting up data centers. They're putting that in the cloud where, where it should be, where they can scale up and down. That's going to help them fund that, right? If you look at what happened two years ago, a lot of folks that were suddenly out of a job couldn't get into their local benefits uh, website. And, and again, that now it's going to be in the cloud and it's in a much better place where they can, they can scale it up and scale it down as needed. In terms of a little focus on schools, I happen to have three K through 12s, a sixth grader, a freshman and a senior. Uh, so he'll be moving on to higher ed. So we can talk about that in a moment. But on the K through 12, are we seeing more purchases from American Rescue focused on things like the laptops and things for students? Are we seeing infrastructure to connect if the students are at home? Are we seeing back end, you know, where the superintendents and the principals and they can all connect? What are we seeing in terms of, of purchase and buy there? Good, good question. Uh, all of the above. Right? I think the, the, you know, the biggest seismic shift here uh, when the pandemic started, uh, our students went were immediately sent home for the most part. And um, we I, I want to say that we struggled as a country the first, you know, the, the end of the spring of uh, the 2021 school year, uh, 2020 school year, as as more funding became available, um, every student was handed a, a, a device. A device could be a, a, a Chromebook, a, a laptop, a tablet, et cetera, that they went home with. Or in the past, you, you, you'd see that typically at the high school level, certainly not all the way down to uh, the kindergarten level. So now all those folks have those different devices that were provided with to them by these school districts. So then you look at the network and, and you're looking at the true hybrid approach. So what's changed as, as you look into the into the or into the immediate future, um, school, school districts are, for the most part, back in the classroom, but, but they certainly can shift home uh, and kind of go back and forth. There's almost like a hybrid approach. They need to have not only those devices, but that whole network to back that up, right, to make sure that runs smoothly and make sure it runs fast, no downtime, et cetera. So. Um, it's modernizing their their networks. It's it's certainly placing uh, pieces in the cloud. It's making sure that their teachers and educators can broadcast from anywhere. Students can take content from anywhere. And then I have some 
uh, higher ed, right? We've got uh, some underclassmen that are in my circle of friends, some of them back in the classes, some of them in the dorms, but they were still doing the remote learning aspect uh, because some of that's still being worked out at the college level. Similar types of spend there, or is there something unique for higher ed that they've been pouring some of their funding into? Good question. Similar. Uh, higher ed did take a funding beating, you know, when, when most schools were closed uh, at the start of the pandemic as uh, students weren't on campus generating revenue for those, those universities. So um, typically they, they did have a device, but again, what, what they had to do was they had to fortify their network to make sure, again, they can broadcast uh, content from anywhere. Uh, the students can consume content from anywhere and, and everything moves smoothly and they can switch on a dime. And in terms of some of these spendings, again, you said it was pretty discretionary. Um, are there any, I know with other programs out there, uh, that have been along for a long time, like E-Rate. We're not going to dive into that today, but E-Rate's one of those programs. And sometimes there's some paperwork uh, tied to that and you have to you know, get things approved and stuff. Is there any type of that process that our IT folks need to be aware of so they don't get tripped up or really money's been allocated and now as long as your municipality or school district has said, you've got this part of the pie, you can kind of do what you need to do with it. Yeah, so there, there's a great question. So there's money has been allocated, but they do have to apply for it. Okay, in certain cases, the state is going to get a pot of money, and then it's up to each municipality uh, to basically go and, and apply and get that funding uh, delivered to the district. Uh, what you're looking at is the program is called the Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief, or ESSER for short. And, and what that is, is uh, it's funding available online. Every state has a fact site. Uh, where you can go um, on, on, literally it's on the whitehouse.gov site where you can look and, and pull out a lot of those forms down and, and start the applications process. And, and, and for this particular, for the American Rescue Plan, it's ESSER 3. Again, the American Secondary School Emergency Relief, ESSER 3. That's where they want to start applying for funding. And have you learned anything in talking to customers out there and within the Schneider Electric, you know, uh, realm of uh, influence, sphere of influence of any gotchas or has it been for the most part painless? And again, I ask it because some of us know government systems aren't always yeah. the easiest yeah. to navigate yeah. and throw, flow through. So what's the experience been like for folks? Yeah, we, we've seen um, a lot of the larger school districts employ a group of grant writers to go after this funding. I think that's a very sound. Uh, decision there. Uh, certainly some of the smaller folks uh, have to designate an expert if they can't fund that type of position or, or consultant type fee. Uh, but again, I think that would be the recommendation would be looking at uh, either some type of consultant or on staff uh, to start applying for these fundings because it can get uh, it can get complicated. It is, it is the federal government after all. It is. It is. Um, anything else we should know about the American Rescue Plan, either process and or uh, what you uh, have seen in the early days of people utilizing these funds that they should be aware of before we move on to the infrastructure plan? You know, there's there's other pieces uh, that, that are going to that, that are getting uh, funding as well. So so state health departments of health. Uh, getting funding for COVID-19 testing, uh, COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, very similar to unemployment, we're seeing a lot of that getting set up uh, in, the, in the cloud, again, where they can scale up and scale down as needed. So you're seeing a lot of federal funds through the states going into these these large cloud providers to, to store and house a lot of this, again, reporting and testing and tracking information. So uh, look there and then, um, and then looking at... Uh, 
rural hospitals, rural hospitals uh, really were hit hard during the pandemic. Uh, there was 7.6 billion that was parachuted uh, into those rural hospitals uh, to basically keep them solvent. So great, great news. Uh, rural hospitals are a massive importance in our communities. And uh, there, there's a lot of money there to keep them afloat. Excellent. All right. So that's the American Rescue Plan, folks. The other uh, area that we want to deep dive into today for this conversation was the infrastructure plan that has been passed. And again, that's much more recent in terms of its past. Start us with where we're at. Has any money yet been allocated there or is that going to be rolling out in the, the nearer term? Yeah, it, it's it's leaking out uh, in, in certain cases. Right. Um Typically, what you're seeing this quarter is you're going to see new funding announcements uh, announced by the federal government. Um, you're going to see some press involved. Uh, you're going to see these are some of the larger type programs where you might see an event where someone has a shovel in the ground with, uh, with some politicians close by uh, in the picture. Uh, that's what you're going to see at first. But uh, reality is uh, not until the second quarter you're really going to start seeing uh, it, it really picking up and funding really going out. And then. Second half of the year, um, you're going to see a lot more funding heading out. They do have five years to spend this uh, to spend this money. Um, caveat is December 31st, 2026. It has to be spent, but it also has to be allocated by December 31st, 2024. Copy. And again, all of us as just citizens. We're aware of the infrastructure plan, and it really was put out there. This was the bridges and the roads and the airports and all that. But for our IT audience, a big part of infrastructure was a new form of infrastructure. And we, uh, it seems like as a country, have now defined broadband as part of infrastructure because we're so dependent on the Internet and networks and, and connectivity. So let's dive into that aspect. What does broadband, how is that defined these days? And again, for our audience, focusing on you know, government uh, IT professionals here, what are some areas that they should be looking at, considering, thinking about? Great question. So broadband is going to receive about $65 billion in funding as part of the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. Uh, if, if you look at um, connectivity in our cities is not good. Uh, connectivity in our rural areas of our country is certainly not good. This is going to eventually allow the internet, high-speed internet at that to be available in every community in our country. So, so there's a lot to do to get there. Uh, each state is going to get a hundred million dollars as part of that 65 billion. It's a hundred million dollars going to each state to start setting that up. Uh, and you're going to see, um, again, a lot of different projects in a lot of different places. Uh, you're also going to see uh, data centers and that whole industry that, that comes with it uh, set up in places where they typically haven't been. If, if you drive through Loudoun County in Virginia today, if 75% of the, of the nation's internet traffic flows through that area, uh, it's a very expensive area now. Um, you're going to see communities down the road being able to open up large data centers as they have that broadband pipe uh, attached, and, and that will bring jobs in, uh, on top of that as well. A, a wide variety of, of funding there. Infrastructure is, is very broad, no pun intended in terms of broadband, but again, it's, it's getting that high-speed internet access out to places where typically hasn't. I'm in the Silicon Valley area. Can I assume that maybe 
cities like San Jose and Santa Clara that are so connected and have had that, that they might not see a whole lot of this funding, but that we might see in more rural, say for me, Northern California, up near Mount Shasta and those areas or middle of the country, that those are the areas where we'd see a lot of the investment and the money going towards? It was a little bit of both, actually. So certainly, yes, you're going to see uh, more funding towards rural areas uh, where, where there's not, again, it's not the San, it's not the uh, uh, the San Francisco Bay Area by any means. But there, there will be funding because there's also maintenance that 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 is in those areas that needs to be applied as well. So when you have broadband out there, you, you can't just put it in the ground and, and just leave it there, right? So so there, there will be certain uh, funding for for maintenance to keep that network uh, state of the art as possible. And then broadband, let's to define that and, and share with me. Is it, you know, the buried pipes and the fiber and all this? Are we talking anything over the air? Are we talking uh, mobility broadband as well? The rollouts around 5G, things like that. Is that all part of this as, as, as well? It's very vast. And yes, that is all part of it. It's, it's not just the fiber in the ground, but it's, it's potentially uh, broadband in terms of satellite uh, coverage, uh, Wi-Fi in certain uh, areas as well. Uh, and setting all of that up is obviously uh, very expensive. So our our team's listening then. It's if you don't have, then the infrastructure bill may be providing the funding for you to get. If you do have, again, in terms of broadband, then there can be funding out there to maintain, to upgrade, to modernize. That really seems like what uh, the key part of the infrastructure plan in terms of broadband for for those listening. And, and again, there's plenty of other places outside of uh, broadband, yeah, that you're going to see uh, funding from, from the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. So, for example, there's going to be about uh, $42 billion uh, in airports and ports and waterways. So if you look um, in terms of our airports, they're not the most modern in the world, especially if, if you uh, have the experience of traveling internationally. You can certainly uh, put our airports up against some, some other places in the world, and they're typically not up to par. So that's going to allow them to to modernize there. And again, these are very broad uh, type scenarios, but anytime you're looking to modernize, a, a big piece of that is going to be the, the IT infrastructure. Then those airports, within those ports, uh, within those waterways. Uh, also, that, that, that also flows down to roads and bridges. It's $110 million, a billion dollars there around the country. And, and what is that important? It's not just, it's not just paving roads and, and setting up new highways, but it's all the technology that goes along with that. So it's setting up sensors in places where maybe a bridge could potentially freeze it's setting up different traffic uh cameras around it's 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 uh it's sending back data to different gps systems from, from state dot type uh devices along the route to, to make everyone uh everyone's commute a little bit easier so there's a lot of stuff there uh rail uh there's 66 billion dollars going into rail uh, a lot of money there. Um, if you look at, at who the biggest beneficiary there is Amtrak. There's $44 billion going into Amtrak to, to modernize uh, some of the tracks around the country as well. Big piece in, in clean drinking water. There's $55 billion there. Uh, again, modernizing our, our drinking water apparatus around the country. Uh, again, IT is always going to play a big part. There is, uh, there's $7.5 billion in electric buses. $7.5 billion in uh, EV infrastructure around the country. So again, there's a lot of money in a lot of different places. Think broad, think broadly transportation. Um, there's going to be funding available for every piece of transportation uh, you can possibly think of. 
Yeah, and, and I can see it, it. Also, I'm looking at a bigger macro. Just as you were talking, I started thinking about, well, we've had supply chain issues. And word is, for most folks, that the supply chain issues could stretch well through 2022, could could linger into 23. Uh, we so, so there are those issues. And there's also just the efficiencies. And so, if, you know, inflation is a big deal. If we can be more efficient getting something out of the ports, onto the trains and trucks across the country, different areas. That could be an area of savings of costs, could you know play into the inflation story, obviously on the supply chain, just getting things out in a more efficient manner, not having to do a 60-mile workaround because a bridge went out or road construction or what have you, right? So those are all the things too that I see just have real-world world business applications as well that could could make it. it, it correct. And it, it's a massive plan to put it in contents a little. The, the last plan that, that was remotely this size was, the uh, basically the interstate highway system in the 1950s under President Eisenhower. That just shows you how big this this plan really is. It's probably too early to know. We talked about American Rescue and that you go to whitehouse.gov and you can get access to start seeing where some of these forms are and applying for the specific monies and things like that. Too early to know. I'm assuming it'll be a, a similar path, but we probably just don't know where the information is yet because we're still a little early on infrastructure. Still a little early, but but very similar uh, to, to the rescue plan. If, if whitehouse.gov does have some some links that can get you to some of these these forms for the Infrastructure and Jobs Act as well. Absolutely. Last thing I want you to share with us is with regards, and I think this can cover both acts, but if it, both plans, but if there's something different, you know, feel free to to correct me and, and get us on the right path. But kind of a, a mentality that you might share with those that are listening. And so this is Jeff saying, you know what? If I'm sitting in that chair having to make some decisions about some of this funding, I would suggest to do X and Y, right, to put someone on a good footing to succeed with these plans. What, what's a, a tip or two from you? Sure. This is a once, I think, in a, in a generation or even a lifetime type funding that, that is available uh, for our infrastructure and, and for our states and, and cities and schools. It's it's making sure that, that you're applying uh the right type of funding. So it's making sure that there's an expert either on staff or a consultant out there that you can hire to, to help that. Uh, and further that along, the more precise your information is, the quicker you're going to get approved and the quicker you're going to get your funding. And you are competing with other folks around the country for this funding. So again, I think it's, it's having the right people on staff or the right consultants that you can work, uh, work with to get this generational type funding available. Great advice. So start early. Get those experts on board. And then, Jeff, once that funding's in-house, obviously our teams at Schneider Electric and Connection, they've got the resources. So if it's building some of the data center infrastructure, our teams obviously can help with that. If it's modernizing infrastructure, our teams are there to help with that type of stuff once the funding's secure. Yeah, once the funding is secure, uh, you know, between the partnership of, of Schneider Electric and, and Connection, we have the right people uh, available in, in the industry and on both the connection side and the Shiner Electric side to, to ensure that the customer is getting uh, the right type of solution that they need at the right time. Hey, Jeff, with that, really appreciate the conversation, both uh, rescue and infrastructure plans. Obviously, infrastructure, a little early on, so we expect more information to be coming out. 
hope that uh, Jeff and the APC Schneider Electric team, they can help us stay on top of all of those opportunities. For Current Connection customers, you can, of course, stay in touch with your account teams. Reach out if you have any questions. Anyone out there, you are free to visit govconnection.com. Get more information as well. And as for this Tech Experience podcast, please like, follow, and share on your favorite podcast platform. On behalf of Jeff and his team and the whole Connection family, really appreciate you listening. James Hilliard here wrapping up. Be safe. Be well. We do look forward to talking to you all down the road.